This week on Pilot Co-Pilots, we have Chelsea Davison of Mad TV and discuss NBC's This Is Us with Nate Kylie. Hello and welcome to Pilot Co-Pilots, the podcast where we talk to TV industry guests and take you on a guided tour through the pilot episode of one of this season's newest shows. That's right. We treat each new series like a bathroom attendant. Mostly we're shocked it's a concept that even got approved, but sometimes it turns out to be just the thing you need. Isn't that right, Maya? I don't know. (laughs) Have you ever used one? No. Gosh, no. I don't want any food that's been in a bathroom, especially... Oh, especially loose on a tray. I always take the croissants and, um, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, I'll take a scoop of mashed potatoes if I need. That's a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I've made a huge mistake. Oh, Uh -oh. all right. That makes way more sense. Your cover's blown. Oh, boy. Um, Uh, Guys, I'm Maya Boudreaux. And I'm Van Watkins. And, oh, boy. We have a pretty good episode for you today. So okay, I will we do, say. but we should acknowledge that you are now Van uh, instead of oh, yeah. I mean, we discussed we discussed other other names I could have gone with, uh, you know, a, a, a couple episodes back. But mm-hmm. yep this this is this is my We're name going now. With Van. Yeah, I moved to Los Angeles and now I'm Van. And now you're so so Hollywood. That's right, and you're still in Chicago, of course. Yep, I'll be joining you soon. But uh, you were you were here last week, and that's when yes. we did uh, the discussion with Nate. Yes, and uh, we you know did as much celebrity spotting as we could. We uh, saw one great star sighting. We almost saw two, Maya. True. We got in somehow. There was some exclusive party going on at Chateau Marmont. Maya looked really good, so we got in. Well, we didn't get into the exclusive party. Let's, well, but let's we make could that have. very clear. That was on the sixth floor. We no, did not make I, it up I there. don't like to risk the chance of getting yelled at, so yeah. we steered clear of the sixth floor. But we did see on the main floor outside uh, one Anthony Bourdain. A which God among men. Perfect sighting for for the chateau. I mean, yeah, we were very excited. He's really the patron saint of Chateau Marmont, uh, or maybe it, the the Phantom. <laughs> True. <laughs> the Phantom of the bungalow is there <laughs> in Chateau Marmont. No, wow. and then but then I went in the bathroom and I clicked on Instagram to see like what you know. I wanted to see if there were pictures from the party upstairs. I clicked mm-hmm. on Chateau Marmont and Leo. Leo was there, Maya. Leo Leo? was upstairs. Ugh, we missed him. Yeah, but I don't think it was meant to be. Yeah, that it could have. Yeah, he was with Jonah Hill anyway uh, in a lot of the pictures. So yeah, I'm done. He would have been totally consumed. (laughs) Oh, but anyway, now that that very pressing uh, topic is out out of the way, uh, we can get on to the episode, huh? All right, let's do it. Um, First off, we have Nate Kylie with us to talk about NBC's hit "This Is Us," and Hey, we want to send a huge thanks to our listeners, Katie and Danny, uh, for emailing us and asking us to discuss that pilot on the podcast. Yeah, we are cool. we are very open to suggestions, guys. So let us know what you think. And then Van sits down with Chelsea Davison of At Midnight and um, and the new cast of Mad TV to talk about right. writing comedy and revamping that classic sketch show for the CW this past summer. Uh, I couldn't be there for the interview, but I have listened and I loved it. Great. Um, so, oh, oh, Maya, I what? also, at the end, I have a very special, 
uh, treat for you that kind of pertains to our discussion during This Is Us. So get excited for that. All right. Um, But let's get to it. All right. Okay, let's do it. Well, here we are in beautiful Reseda, California. Uh, with Nate Kiley. Uh, if you are a podcast listener, you might know Nate's name from How Did This Get Made? He's the researcher. You hear it every week. Uh, thanks for being with us, Nate. Thank you for having me. So, guys, this week we watched. It's ABC's. not the newest pilot. We kind of, you know, we're a few a few weeks behind, but it's it's no, it's NBC. Oh, it is NBC. Yeah, okay, so this is their answer to We Miss Parenthood. Right. Right. Oh, I thought of it a lot. Definitely yeah, notes of parenthood. Yeah. Um, but it's This Is Us yeah. on NBC. This is us. <laughs> it was their viral uh The trailer the was trailer, vi- went viral. It went viral. It got like fifty million views, I think, on uh or shares on Facebook right when it came out. Um, because it's like, you know, uh Sufjan Stevens mm-hmm. album in the background or something. And it's and like Milo Vidalamigo's butt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Highly wrought emotion, like tightly wound yeah. uh emo- yeah. Family drama. Yeah. Big old pregnant Mandy Moore. Yeah. Big. If you're into that. Well. Yeah, so all right, I guess I'll read the log line and then okay. we can say now is that the show? Okay. All right. This Is Us follows an ensemble, some of them sharing the same birthday, whose life stories intertwine in curious ways. Uh, I mean, I guess I could pull up a more descriptive uh, logline, but that's that's pretty much it. I think that's that's it. it. That's it. And so, like, people thought that this was going to be like Magnolia, the TV show. Oh, God. You you know what I mean? Like, just separate stories. Yeah, yeah. All connected somehow, and then starts raining frogs or something. I must say, (laughs) and and this premise, like, they all have the same birthday, whatever. I must say, I kind of knew going in, once I started watching it, I was like, they're all they're all gonna be connected in the end. Like you I knew, felt something coming. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is like, do you remember the pilot to Modern Family? Mm. When you watch yeah. it, and then at the end, Fantastic you're like, "This pilot. is genius." Yeah. And this is us. Is not. I always say this. about the Modern Family pilot that that show's never been as good as its pilot. Oh, the, oh no, it it's was amazing. such a good pilot. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's like. I get it. You were trying to do that, but we've that's already been done. And mm-hmm. so I was expecting it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, um, as I was kind of researching the actors' names and the characters on IMDb, all the characters had the last name Pearson. And I was like... Really? Yeah. And I was like, wait, they all have the same birthday and their last <laughs> name is all the same? Like, what is this? What's that, going that on? That gives it away. Do we need the whole birthday thing? Construct? Not I don't at think all. We they're, need they're leaning that. very heavily on it. Yeah, but we don't need it. Well, they don't need to all have the same birthday. But I think it's a, it's the red herring so that you don't suspect that they're all related. Right? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Speaking <laughs> of giving it away, I watched it on demand from my cable provider, and mm-hmm. during the first commercial break, they show like an after-show interview segment with all the actors and the creator and everything, <laughs> and they're talking about the twist. Oh. In the first commercial break. Oh, oh, poor choice, NBC Universal. <laughs> Comcast. I blame Spectrum. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Good. Whoever's in charge over there needs to... Get it together. Get it together, Get Spectrum. It together. So, okay. So, who's in this? Let's let's talk about the okay. actors, and then we can kind of talk about character. Yeah. Mandy fucking Moore. Killing it. Killing it. Although, Killing it. To be, she's probably the biggest name, obviously, in this, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and she got the least amount well, of actual except for airtime. Alan Thick. Oh, oh God. yeah, there is a cameo. I'm assuming we'll get to Alan Thick. <laughs> we'll get there, of course. Um, but she actually had the le- like the least amount of. Airtime. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wasn't on very much. She had like six lines. Well, yeah. I mean, she's pregnant, and so she's giving birth. So it's just like a lot of, <gasps> you know, breathing. I don't and need stuff. to see another birth. Childbirth yeah. scene. It was in my intense. life. It was intense. I don't need to see it. Mm. I think it's probably the easiest thing to act. <laughs> I haven't acted it, but I bet if I tried to do it right now, it would be amazing. Let's see it. Let's see it. <laughs> okay, ready? Go for it. <laughs> A lot of breathing. Put your legs on my foot now. Breathing. Okay, yeah. More um, breathing. She's her man in the show is Jesse from Gilmore Girls. Milo, what's his name? I c- couldn't pronounce I it. I think people know him. I don't know. Him. I know him yeah. from Heroes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay yeah. I know him Which as Jesse I from Which I didn't Gilmore watch Girls. that whole series, but I instantly recognize him as the guy from Heroes. And yeah, my yeah. wife knew him from me and, uh, he, from Gilmore yeah, Girls. He's yeah, a, he's a brooder. As we were watching this, I coined a term, and I want to hear what you guys think okay. of it. So this is, and this is his type. Manly pickaxe dream guy. Ooh. Ooh. It's a bearded manly man. Is that like Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Yeah, it's like Manic Pixie Dream Girl, <laughs> but it's Manly Pickaxe <laughs> Dream it, Guy. It, it, he could it. pick up a pickaxe and go outdoors. He would look he's right at home, beard, covered in soot. But he's, yeah, also, soot. Uh, he's also a dream guy. He's like, you know, yeah. I, there's one. there was one in like, it's it's the same guy as Daenerys' boyfriend in Game of Thrones, who's also mm-hmm. Tatiana Maslany's boyfriend in Black. Bla- okay. Black. Yeah. It's that type. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, he'll build you a cabin. Yeah, yeah. And his name's Milo Vermigliatiglian or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Excellent like pronunciation. That. Uh, uh, right off the bat, we see his bare butt. Yeah. Which, well, which was a shock, I guess. I mean, I think that's the reason that it got so many shares on Facebook. It's the. It's also the first moment of the trailer. I didn't need it. Hey, America! It's it's that's Why the do sensationalism. Why you have a towel over it? Over I was fine with it. it. <laughs> you were. I and wasn't. by the way, speaking of that towel, there was writing on that towel. It, yeah, and it said the, the terrible, terrible towel. towel. That yeah. must have been a seventies thing. That was a thing. No, I didn't understand. That confused me because I was like, yeah, is this a thing? I was like, at first I was like, is this like a ShamWow? <laughs> she got it for him for his birthday. It's, this is like a product. Right. But I think it was just that. So I think it was a writing thing because he's like, she's like, do you have the to- towel over your thing? And he's like, yeah, it couldn't be any more terrible. But it said that t- it just made no sense. <laughs> yeah. It was just a weird yeah. writing choice, I think. Yeah, or maybe that's I also think it could, could be that. a 70s thing. I like, think it was probably like a in the where's you know, the beef? pat rock kind of oh yeah. it's the terrible tower. yeah the terrible tower. let us know if anyone has any idea about this terrible tower <laughs> any old kind of older listeners can we take a call yeah, yeah let's yeah, take a call sure. right on our facebook wall explain the towel <laughs> to us um yeah so my, yeah yeah so this it opens with a birthday tradition of her doing a sexy, a sexy dance. dance in lingerie and and he, and this is the she, first birthday we come across. <laughs> okay, so we're, right. we have yeah, to frame this all. It's, it's Milo's birthday. Yeah. His name is Jack Jack Pearson. Yeah, and she, she does It's also a very pickaxe name. Yeah, yeah. Jack Pearson. <laughs> and it's almost like humiliating that he's just making her. She doesn't want to do the dance. And Definitely. He's, and, he, and he's just sort of humiliating her, making he's her do this making dance. Making her do it, yeah. Where to begin? Okay, I'm ready. You promise you like your gift? The towel? It's absolutely terrible. Suits on? Yes, ma'am. Your birthday suit. Only one I've got. 
I had to put the lingerie on top of my clothes. I see that. It wasn't a great moment for me. Tradition is tradition. Yeah. But I'm gonna go ahead and spare us both a seductive birthday dance this well, year. I'm sorry, baby, but it's my birthday, and I would really, really like to see the dance. <laughs> Your funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ready? Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> body shaming a, a yeah. pregnant woman of, of triplets who is very heavily oh, pregnant. calls huge. herself Shamu. Yeah. She, well, she's huge. <laughs> and she she's very big. And there you go. You got all of Mandy Moore's lines so far. Yeah. <laughs> those three. Yeah, those three lines. <laughs> the rest is just well, hey, we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, it's she true. killed it. <laughs> so we got those two. Um, then there's another plot. The other plot lines are there's um, an actor Mm-hmm. Man, a handsome actor man. The Manny. The Manny. <laughs> the Manny. Who is on a sitcom where he plays a Manny, I guess. And and every time somebody recognizes him as the Manny, I found that very funny. Yeah, I, I did, did too. like that. Yeah, I did yeah. too. I did laugh a couple times. Oh, yeah, me oh, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I will I will fully admit the show charmed me. Yeah. It got I, me. I teared up several times. I also groaned a lot yeah. and mm-hmm. got angry a couple of yeah. times. Oh, and yeah. I really, but it did get me. Yeah. I came into wa- I came into it wanting to hate it too, right? And I kind of still do, right? But it did. It was very manipulative emotionally. I, I, I had <laughs> well, very yeah. similar feelings, yeah, for sure. I mean, the music cues alone, yeah. Which and, and kind of the first thing that got me was so there's the actor guy who's very handsome, and then he has a twin sister who's huge. She's like a really big actor, very overweight woman, and that's yes. like that's a central plot line. Is she's, she's trying to lose? She's weight. trying to lose weight. She knows she needs to, and, and it's and their like, birthday. They're twins. I, yeah, I, I applaud them for <laughs> for writing a, a overweight female character. I think mm-hmm. that's a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. I think it's not something that a lot of shows would do, and it's great that they did it. But there was still something about like why did her plot have to be about her being like obsessed with her yeah. weight? Like yeah. Yeah. And and my wife has seen the rest of the show and she she she's told she feels me that the same way. No, she's told me that her her storyline changes drastically uh-huh. oh, okay. and it does become more about her like becoming okay with who yeah. she is yeah. and like accepting herself mm-hmm. yeah. and she's okay the way she is. And so I'm glad that they're they're going that route. And I, I really liked her boyfriend. The Yeah, yeah guy. he's charming. Very charming. <laughs> but in a very upfront kind of way. My yeah. my main issue with her being overweight is the way in which, so she's she's working herself up to step on the sta- scale. Right. Like, she steps the on the scale on. and falls backwards because it's like they wrote her so she's so big she can't even get up on the scale. And I was like, that is rude. Yeah. That's rude <laughs> really writing. Offended. Might as well play a tuba noise. <laughs> I know. And like have her fart also. Right. <laughs> and then she hurt her ankle. How did she hurt her ankle? I think falling, falling off, off the, the scale. scale. I would assume she'd like hurt her head or something. Like uh, she, I think she twisted her ankle as she fell uh, okay, off the yeah, scale. Yeah. I don't know the physics and of then it. The I'd, only... I'd love to have seen the fall, but and then somehow she didn't have ice in her fridge. Just so the ice so the cream. only thing that they the only cold thing she could put on her foot was ice cream. <laughs> She's got to watch the man oh, eat my. ice cream. <laughs> her brother comes over, that oh. handsome guy. I um, do like their relationship, though. Yeah. It is nice. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. I love. I love. I think she's really good too. Her name's Chrissy Metz. Oh yeah, I've she's never fantastic. seen her before. 
Um, and the brother, the, the Manny, is named Justin Hartley. And I've never seen him before. Yeah, he's in Powers and Passions. Oh, is uh, it? A short-lived soap opera that I love. That makes sense. In junior high. So he's a soap star, which, you know. He's yeah, a, I get it. Yeah, he's he's very pretty. Yeah, he's very pretty. You know, it was hard to, for me to believe that he was like, he's like a good a good actor. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think he's a very good actor. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, he's... But I guess his whole struggle is he's just he a, think he's, he's a handsome yeah. guy who and, and wants to be a better actor yeah. or wants his, to get better roles. His character was definitely the one I had the most problems with. It's like, what does handsome three-way guy have to be depressed about? Yeah. Like, now, were those prostitutes? I think they were like groupies. Just groupies. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what they do in their free time. Oh, no. I didn't know. I didn't mean personally. No, I don't like, think they know, were. Pro- yeah, professionally. Yeah. yeah, I don't think. I think they were just girls that were like, it's the man. It's the yeah, man. Yeah, they were, they were fans. Um, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and then, and then the other uh, character is his name's Randall Pearson. Right, <laughs> he's played by Spoiler. Sterling. His, he's <laughs> it's also his thirty sixth birthday surprise. Right. It's everyone's thirty sixth birthday. Yeah, um, and he is a high powered executive who looks at graphs. <laughs> we it didn't say what his job was. It just obviously has a nice he's, office. He's got an office. He's yep. got a, a. He paid cash for his car. Yeah, he, he paid one hundred forty-three thousand dollars for his car in which cash. Is, yeah, in cash because he can. Um, and seems, it did show him like it's expensive for a Mercedes. I know. Am I, am I right? <laughs> was it a Mercedes? I missed that. I missed what the actual. I model. think it was a Mercedes. Okay. Yeah, too much. Why, why spend that much on a car? It's gonna you get, get a nice used Mercedes, low mileage. Yeah. You have two little kids. It's like, come on. Welcome back to yeah. car talk. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, let's just, we got to ruin the end. Let's ruin it. Because we ha- you have to know how all these people are related. Did you guys, did you guys get shyamalan I didn't know. I didn't, ex- I, I didn't know what, well, how they I were was, all related. Okay. So this Randall Pearson is um, looking for his dad. Right. Okay. And has he, found his dad. He found he hired someone, a private investigator, to find his dad, and so because he was left on us the stoop of a, of, a, a fire, fire station. station. He yeah, when he was a kid. I believe yeah. they say his dad was a crackhead. I think yeah. his dad right. says he was a crackhead. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's undisputed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so he decides to seek out his dad, say yeah. his piece, and leave. And turns out. Well, there didn't really take much for his dad to say, you know. That was my favorite part of the episode. Which part? When he does the whole long speech telling him off Uh and, you know, saying, "Uh," Mm -hmm. and dad goes, you want to come in? He goes, yeah. (laughs) He just walks in. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was my favorite storyline, too, because I feel like that probably is a very realistic emotion when you, like, find your biological father. Like, you probably are really angry, but you really want to connect with him. I hate you. Love me. It's probably yeah, a lot exactly. of hypocrisy. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, that Randall, this guy, he's played by Sterling K. Brown. Did I already say that? No, no. no. So if you watch People vs. OJ, it was Chris Darden. Chris Darden. And he's... And I think yeah. he won an Emmy this year for... I think you're right. I think he did win that. For People vs. OJ. OJ. Not positive, mm-hmm. but yeah. 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 Um, so also... It's just a race thing. This is a race red herring. A race red they don't herring. want you to know that yeah. all these people are related right. because yeah. this is a black fam. This is a black guy, and then there's the white people. And 
that, that the, how that, could they how, be related? How would they be related? <laughs> this is blowing my mind. Too big, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so make anyway. America great again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I that I feel like that was a, a very specifically written red herring thing yes. that they wanted. You know, yeah, yeah. So it turns out he was adopted by the twins' parents. Yes. I mean, should we lay out the okay? <laughs> so so the so so all this like is a family happening. tree. Yeah, this is the family tree. Mandy Moore and Milo. (laughs) I think it's Milo. Milo are the dad, are the parents. (laughs) Right. And they're going to have triplets. Well, now they're grandparents because they have children. children. And and they're going to have triplets. They lose the last baby. And so (laughs) they adopt Randall. My wife also (laughs) confirmed that in future episodes, we do get to see Mandy Moore in heavy old woman makeup. Stop! Oh, oh, I was going to say, oh very excited God. for I was going to I was going to ask cuz I was going to say I was going to say I can't wait to see who plays old Mandy Moore and old Oh, it's Mandy Moore. Oh, <laughs> no. All right. But I, I feel was, like I just blew your guys' well, mind. No, I, I was, <laughs> was going to have us all guess who it would be. Oh, okay. <laughs> who should I and I was going to say maybe Sally Field, but they made a Sally that's Field a joke one. in the first thing. Oh, yeah. And that's two uh, brothers and sisters anyway. This show's two brothers and sisters anyway. It is, well, literally, it is. Just all brothers and sisters. <laughs> um, if we can go back to before the reveal for a minute, I just want okay, to say that yeah. this show made me realize, and I think I've had this realization before many times, I could never be a doctor. Oh, God. I could oh, no, no, no. never be a doctor. Just, just for the sole fact that I would have to tell people that their loved ones yeah. have died. Yeah, oh my I could God. not do that. Well, really, and you know what? Doctor Katowski was a straight shooter. He was. And I loved him. Well, yeah, and he was played by Raymond Tusk from House of Cards. I was like, where do I know this guy from? I actually had to look it up, but it's if you watch House of Cards, and he's really the only man that could, that can be a doctor. Yeah, because <laughs> he's a sage, you yeah. know, and he he's got he, he's he's calming. He's wonderful. He's and that re- monologue that he said at the end—that's the part that so made me cry. Beautiful. Yeah. When it he said really when he said that he works all the time because yeah. his wife died last I year. I have goosebumps right now. I was like, I I broke. Yeah. yeah. Broke. That's what broke. Yeah. Me. Yeah. And it's funny because as far as the writing on this show, there were times where like the di- I hated the dialogue, but I loved the, mo- the all the monologues were really well written, yeah. Yeah. and all the dialogue was really poorly written. Yeah. Very true. Um, this is Dan Fogelman, by the way who uh, created this show he is you know him Tang- he wrote tangled he wrote cars he created gallivant gallivant he has another show on right now too pitch which i haven't watched oh that's the baseball that's show. his yeah and the lady pitcher the la- <laughs> lady pitcher the movie Crazy Stupid Love. I mean, he's kind of prolific. He wrote Crazy Stupid Love? Crazy, crazy Stupid Love. I feel like there's oh, a lot of monologues in that one. And that, yeah. and that mm-hmm. road trip movie, I think it's Barbara Streisand and Seth Rogen. Yes. He wrote that, that too. Okay. He's a pro. Huh. Yeah. I expected that the dialogue to be a little better. That's yeah. A little more crackling. Well, they yeah. had to... <laughs> They had to set up a lot. Yeah. They had to get a lot out of the way in this pilot. Yeah, there was, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they, they had, had to, to take get, care of a lot of business. A lot of exposition, but <laughs> it's funny to try to get a lot of exposition in there, but also keep the secret hidden from right. Right. Also, be very vague at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess it's an that's interesting a, chord to strike. It's yeah. a tall order. <laughs> it is. Oh. It is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's a pro. I'm sure. And I don't. I haven't heard much about ratings, but I'm sure this will. Oh, no, no, no. I do know. I do know it went well because it's a hit, right? It's a hit. Yeah, yeah. One week after it premiered, it got picked up again. 
So right. there's going to be 18 episodes. I think there's 10 mm-hmm. episodes of this season. There's going to be 18 next okay. season. So yeah, people love it. People love it. And I can, I mean, it is, it's very emotionally ma- manipulating. So it makes, it makes sense that people. <laughs> tell you what I am not looking forward to is all of the copycat shows that are going to be put out since this was such a huge hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like after Modern Family came out, like every, mm-hmm. every network had their Modern Family pilot. And they're still trying to crank those out. What's the one, up, Life in Pieces on CBS? I really like Life in Pieces. Oh, okay. But you're we absolutely right. Yeah, but it's. I, it's a modern I family get past knockoff. The pilot, because I was like, it's, yeah, it's a yeah, modern. I, didn't care I love about me some Colin Hanks. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Oh, I do too. He's inherited the charm, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were we watching the other day? If, if, we watched Sully, and they had a young Tom Hanks in it, and they didn't cast Colin. We you, say another missed opportunity. If you ever have a young Tom Hanks in a movie, you gotta cast Colin. Get Hanks. Colin. One already exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, Missed opportunity. If Tom Hanks is America's dad, does that mean Colin Hanks is America's brother? <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's America's big brother. Yeah, he's our, he's our, he's America's big big. Well, brother, he would yeah. be the big. Would he be the big brother or the little brother? Because he has. I don't kind know. Of I don't know. But Chet Hayes. Yeah, is, where's he? In is all the this? garbage pail kid? <laughs> he's, a, he's America's garbage he's the, pail. He's kid. the brother we wanted to leave on a fire <laughs> firehouse stoop. He's our Randall Pearson. <laughs> so, so that actually brings up a question that I had too. Is if if the third baby didn't tragically pass away, mm-hmm. would they have just left? <laughs> yeah, I guess that they would have adopted. Uh, he would have been the fireman. Would have been like, yeah, and that's a that's a kid that showed up on the that's stoop, and the dad would have been like, well, sucks for him. See you. Bye. <laughs> guess so. Yeah, he wouldn't have felt that tenderness. Yeah. But I, I and and again, Raymond Tusk, the doctor. What was his name, Doctor Katowski? <laughs> good, good, yeah, solid. He really, he was the impetus, you know, in that beautiful monologue. He was, the, he said, you know, I mean, what did he say? He said, he said, you'll um, find reason. Yeah, you know, this will drive. Mm-hmm. You if this didn't to do happen, good all whatever. other great things that happened to you wouldn't happen. And mm-hmm. He really kind of implored him to adopt this child too, yeah. but he didn't know. You know. Well, should we talk about Alan Thick? Oh, yeah. We should mention Alan Thick. In my notes, I wrote, ladies and gentlemen, Alan Thick. Yeah. And as I was finishing writing it, the show went, ladies and gentlemen, Alan <laughs> Thick, to thunderous applause, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Well, everyone loves him. And I like my women like I like my Alan <laughs> Thick. Um, which is why I think uh, Chrissy, Chrissy Metz is so good at this. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to need a minute. I'm going to need a minute. After that. Can we edit? Edit point? Uh, uh, no, I'm using that at my Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, the I got really excited at the beginning because it, it you know on the title it said starring Alan Thicke well, like right away guess, yeah guess and we, I was like oh I hope he plays himself and then he did mm-hmm. he's like a guest star on the Manny when they're filming. Um, we also got he wasn't the only celebrity appearance. We also got Mario Lopez for a moment. Oh, oh no. yeah. So Texas Hollywood tie-in. They pulled out all the stops, NBC, for this mm-hmm. pilot. I feel like I feel like NBC did expect for this to be their like uh like tent pole. Yeah. Uh it was marketed that way. Tent pole? Tent pole? Oh, I've production? never heard that. I think term. I think it's more of a movie term. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it applies yeah. here. Okay. Um we're yeah. in the we're all in the industry. We know yeah, we know terms. Jargon. But I think that they succeeded in that. I mean, I feel yeah. like people are watching this. Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially if you pull out Alan Thick the first episode, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next, Robin? I didn't know well, I did notice and I never really noticed how much Alan Thick looks like Robin Thick until I saw him <laughs> right. today. 
Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, there... he's, now he's, Alan Thicke is just doing an Alan Thicke impression. Yeah. He's doing <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins doing Alan Yes. Like, it's so, its voice is insane. It's like vaudevillian. It never sounded like this before. It, it's so, it's, he he's still really playing it up. Yeah. Oh, he looks great. I mean, the head of hair on that. Oh, yeah. Is, it's like a Jealous. microphone. Jealous. It is like a microphone. You're right. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about how the, the big reveal at the end is is executed by essentially lighting up and smoking in front of all these babies. <gasps> that was crazy. Like I get I get that they that's that's the how it was. Yeah. yeah. And that shows that it's a later time, obviously. Yeah. But like the reveal was, oh hey, everyone in this room is gonna be smoking right next to these babies. Yeah. Because the reveal is that Milo and Mandy are the parents. These are so, all in so, different timelines. But I just didn't understand the need to complicate things right, so much. Right. What does it get us? Well, it didn't do anything. We knew it was the seventies. We knew. It I was... didn't actually. I didn't. Really? I didn't expect that. No, they did a. They I mean, did a I, good job of trying to hide it. I mean, I, I kept noticing that their storyline didn't have phones or email, and every other yeah. storyline did. Mm-hmm. I heavily noticed that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I felt like I should bring up is this isn't necessarily a giveaway. But the second shot of the show is Mandy Moore's feet walking past a box that's labeled photos 75 to 79. Oh, wow. And so, like, yes, you could have have a box of photos from the 70s in 2016, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it really, like, cemented for me the fact that, oh, this is in the past. Mm-hmm. And you could just as easily lose that show. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's their 36th birthday. So they were born... 1980. 1980. Yeah. Which is funny because it to me, the, the like after the reveal was made, it was so heavily 70s. Very 70s. Very but I guess... 70s. Leisure yeah. suits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It'll be fun to see them go get go through uh, the 80s. Yeah. Like Mandy Mad Moore. Style. Yeah. yeah. Cokehead. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see her in all the age makeup. Oh, me yeah, too. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Do, do you guys think that all that cigarette smoke is why the pretty guy's so depressed and why the girl is so <laughs> overweight? Someday. Do you think it like affected their genes? I don't know the science behind it, but I'd say you're probably <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's something there's something there. There's something there. I can't uh, Are we going to see them as kids, I wonder? Do you think? Yeah. Yes, like, my wife confirmed we okay. see them as kids. I'm glad we have some inside information. Yeah. I'll pose the questions you can answer them. <laughs> we really should have gotten her. Sorry, hey, we're going to switch out right She's now. She's here. I can, yeah, I can bring her in. Yeah. Switch out guests halfway through. Much more interesting than I am. <laughs> we'll have her next time or something. Well, I'll be interested to see. I mean, I probably will watch more. Yeah. If only just to see, you know, how they go about. Is this yeah. always going to be one day in, in their lives? Is every episode one day shared day my wife know. also told me there is another twist which i don't know what it is Ooh. but apparently in the next few episodes there is another twist now what we have to watch <laughs> i probably will watch more to be honest too and i won't like myself for it yeah especially uh-huh. because i'll be honest for everyone out there who listens to the podcast whenever i say i'm gonna watch a show i really have not been good about it i'm like i love this pie i actually love this yeah. pilot. i'm gonna watch the next one and i haven't been good about it mm-hmm. and i really hate that i I didn't even love this pilot, but this is probably the one I'll keep watching. It's so easy to watch. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like they they draw you in. Yeah. Uh, it's manipulative. It is. <laughs> it is. I don't trust it. And you're going to watch. No. I'm, I'm going to watch it. My <laughs> wife's going to make me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I don't know. 
Let's leave the audience with this, which is the title card. Maya okay. said, pull ah. up this. So the first moment of the of this show is text. Mm-hmm. This is us. <laughs> Very important, truthful yeah. text. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Here we go. This is a fact. According to Wikipedia, the average human being shares his or her birthday with over 18 million other human beings. There is no evidence that sharing the same birthday creates any type of behavioral link between those people. If there is, dot dot dot, Wikipedia hasn't discovered it for us yet. And this is another red herring. (laughs) It's like... This is another way to be like, these people aren't related. Right. These are just random people that all share the same birthday. Also, how crazy is it that the entire family has the same birthday? This plot. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not watching another But one. wait a minute. It's, it's Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's the opening it's of Magnolia. It's not the third guy's birthday. He was born literally the day he was born. Oh, that's true. They brought him to the, stage, to the fire department. He's got to be a few days He's older. He's got to be a few days older. I don't know. I'm not. I'm Do you no think doctor. the family just like they says just gave that's him a his birthday. birthday, so like it's easier? For yeah, them, but it's not know? really his birthday, right? He honestly though he could have been born on the streets. He could. <laughs> I guess he could have been born on the stoop on the of, the, of the of the fire station. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I we'll guess it could that. be the same day. I guess it could be the same day. I don't. I wonder when Mandy Moore's birthday is. She doesn't share the same birthday. It's the dad's birthday, Milo's birthday. Yeah, she's really left out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks to be her. And even the wife of Randall. Like, everyone, if you don't <laughs> right. have this birthday, I feel like you're not a part of the it's clan. So stupid. You're not a protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. All right, well, this that, is us. This is us. Uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> thanks us. so much for doing this, talking about this with us, Nate. Thank you for having me, guys. It was really fun. Um, anything you want to plug, promote? Um, just about. to tell people to listen to How Did This Get Made? It's the best. It's a it's a great show. It's it the is. it's one of the you know. And I believe um we have live shows coming up on December fifteenth, and I think they just added one more on the sixteenth. Okay, Amazing. in L.A. Yeah, at Largo. All right, so if you're in L.A. Largo, how did this get made? December fifteenth, and what what was the other one? Sixteenth oh, oh, day sweet. after. Yeah. All right, I'll be there. Yeah, cool. All right, thanks thanks again. Thank no worries, you. thank right. you. Hey, kid. Hey, Alan. All right. Hey, thanks for doing this, man. Oh, we really appreciate it. Oh, please. No thanks necessary. Trust me. They're paying me an absolute fortune. <laughs> I'm sure. So I'm here with Chelsea Davison. Uh, we are sitting on her floor of her living room. She so graciously uh, let me into her home. It's it's more convenient for me too. I hate <laughs> I hate the outside world, and this is perfect. Yeah, and your cat is very My cute. My cat's here. Oh, thanks. Uh, Chelsea Davison. She is best known. Uh, as one of the new cast members on uh, from the new Mad TV mm-hmm. on the CW, and also a, a writer on At Midnight. Yes, yep. Um, so Chelsea, that's so exciting. Mad TV just happened. It it ended a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. It, that was the f- it kind of had season? a summer run and yeah. then ended at the end of September, early October. Cool, cool. Yeah. So well, let's start beginnings of comedy. What brought what got you to the comedy world? That kind of thing. Where are you from? Let's do the basics. Great. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Gotcha. Um, Midwest. And yeah, Midwest. And then I went to NYU, uh, an acting, you know, acting major, theater school. That's yep. where I met you. Yep. Um, and 
I, I mean, I did comedy stuff in high school. Um, another, uh, a friend of mine from high school who then also went to NYU and was my roommate, uh, this girl, Nicole Purcell, she and I were kind of, I mean, like sort of, we were best friends in sort of a comedy team a little bit, but I never really considered it, um, a thing I actually wanted to do. Um, I really just wanted to be a, you know, dramatic actress. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was at NYU, I took a class that was sort of like a humor of New York class. It was a very easy class. (laughs) It was just like read fun, like Dave Barry stories and how did i miss that it was it was like i don't know how anyone didn't like everyone should have taken it miles teller was in the class with me yeah um and uh blockbuster baby yeah i know (laughs) the most famous person in the world (laughs) uh so as part of the class uh at the end the teacher had a connection at eastville comedy club in new york and said that anyone could do stand-up that we wanted rachel bloom was also in the class fun ah Another people st- more successful than me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it sounds like I really should have taken this class. It was a great class. It was a great class. Uh, and not Success everyone did it. Uh, <laughs> Rachel did do it. Miles did not. And oh, I remember at the time, up. I was like, because only a couple people chose not to. Uh-huh. And I was like, good luck, buddy. And then like, <laughs> six months later, he's like, movie star. So anyway, I'm not good at predicting who's <laughs> well, going to be successful. Whoever knows. Anyway, whoever knows. Um, but... Yeah, so I did that, and it was it was honestly very terrifying. I mean, I don't oh, really sure. get stage fright. I'm sure, you know, you don't. You know, anyone who does acting, you know, I feel like you don't really get nervous the more you do it. And, and comedy... stand-up is, to me, like, the terif- most terrifying thing I can even think of. It, like, it was so terrifying, yeah. but such an adrenaline rush and such a thing that... I don't know. It was kind of a cool thing that, like, once I did it, I didn't plan on necessarily doing it more, but... Friends of mine, there were some NYU events and things like that. And they were like, oh, we're, we need someone to do something. Wait, Chelsea, you did stand up. You should do some stand up. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not really a, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I guess I could. <laughs> and so then I started just continually writing jokes. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm giving you like my whole life no, story. No, it's great. No, but <laughs> I mean, on that note, I mean, I feel like I've written so many stand up jokes and I'm just so too scared of that first time because, but so it's kind of great that that class didn't force you but it really like yeah let you in was, a safe space it was packed with nyu people i mean that's the thing my jokes were bad but i did very well and so did pretty <laughs> much everyone yeah, yeah, but yeah. basically everyone killed yeah right. because it was like you know other students just looking to have a good time uh-huh. um uh yeah it was it was, it, it yeah. was a mixed thing though just because then when i started actually trying to do it um i didn't really dive in Full force. I did Uh it a little bit, but I had a couple things where, you know, I would do really well and then I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm actually great. Like (laughs) I only two months in, like I'm ready to go on the tonight show. And then it was, it wasn't until uh, a little after that, that I started actually being like, oh, like the more, I feel like it's a thing where when you first start something, you're, you're so clueless, you don't know how bad you are. And then it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Once you actually start (laughs) learning about it and like developing calm, developing some skills, you realize how bad you are. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm. (laughs) Well, I think also probably that is as it's kind of a hard community, a little bit of a jaded community. So then once you start to know those people get in there, it probably is a little harder than just being a fresh face and being optimistic about it and going for it. Right. And not realizing. I mean, that was the thing that in New York. 
uh, once I'd been doing it for a while. And I, I stand up was never like my main thing mm-hmm. comedically. I, I'm, I would not say I am primarily a stand up um, by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination, but. Uh, still like going to mics and hosting mics and stuff in New York. Um, it would always be interesting having those like really fresh faced people come in and like not be good, but just like be so be like, yeah, I killed it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I I want that back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not really, but a little bit. <laughs> but that was kind of so that was kind of your first after you came to NYU, your first like uh, reintroduction into kind of doing comedy again. Yeah, 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 that was that was it. And then I I kind of dabbled for a while. Um, after college, I started doing more writing. Yeah. Um, just because I I realized that I don't really have the temperament to audition all the time. Sure. Um, and I just wanted stability, so I started looking at you know I I did I was a blogger for a while. I I did got into advertising, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just did comedy for fun. I took classes at UCB in yeah. New York, and you know all the stuff that kind of everyone does. Um, and then at one point was like, you know what? Maybe I should really give this a shot. Like yeah. you know, just try it. Yeah. And so I made a like New Year's resolution to just do as much comedy as I could, you know, and just try it. And uh, I was very fortunate in that uh, I, for fun, uh, not really for fun, uh, my friend uh, Matt had a comedy show that he asked me to be on. He's like, oh, you have to learn an impression. One of the parts of the show is we ask everyone to do an impression. So I was like, oh, I've never done one before. I'll learn a Lena Dunham impression. And I decided to film it and put it online. And that first video, that first thing, like two months into my New Year's resolution, got me an agent, a manager. It just, it it opened so many doors for me. Uh, But then I spent uh, a little while playing catch up because I wasn't actually (laughs) ready. You know what I mean? It was, I was very fortunate to have opportunities come to me before I was ready. But then uh, I tried to do everything I could to get ready for it. I mean, yeah. And it, I mean, perhaps you feel that way. It probably is not entirely true. But, you know, the fact that you're you were so willing to put in the work and had that resolution probably helped a lot, too, to, like, really go for it. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. And, and I was also very fortunate in that because I was working in advertising at that point um, – uh, advertising it takes a lot of hours, but the money is really good. Yeah, and so sure. it was a nice thing where uh, I my tendency was I would you know work sixty plus hour weeks for two months yeah. at a time, and then just take a month off. Yeah, and just do comedy, Great. and that allowed me to do a lot of things. Like uh, I decided I wanted to audition for um, Just for Laughs in Montreal because mm-hmm. I, you know, had some success with character stuff. I wanted to v- develop mm-hmm. more. Um, so it let me really kind of focus on that for a little while. And and the month I ended up getting it uh, the next year and just taking off, I think I took off maybe two months sure. uh, and just, you know, prepared, went to Montreal, did that show, um, and and just it was a blast. And I know that's not something everyone can do, but I, I'm very happy I did. After that, I then had to work for like eight months straight to make up for it. But it was nice to be able to take two months off and really just try to Focus get that, that next little foothold Great. in my career. Yeah. I mean, not that it necessarily uh, opened doors, but it was a very cool opportunity. Sure, sure. And then, I mean, eventually you started writing for At Midnight. Yes, yeah. So uh, after I got signed with my agent, they asked me uh, if I wanted to submit packets for late night shows, and I had never done that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I said yes, because again, I basically just 
I try to do things. It's that Amy Poehler yeah. quote of like, do it before you're ready. Yeah. Um, so I tried to do that um, and realized I wasn't very good. So uh, I couldn't, I really wanted to take, uh, Josh Patton is a uh, writer on Weekend Update uh, for SNL. Mm-hmm. And he did a bunch of UCB monologue classes and I could never get into one. And But I had a couple friends who did get into it and I, I saw like, the type of stuff then they started doing or yeah. like they took notes and put them online on tumblr and so i just read through all their notes and started <laughs> and i was like oh right, okay it's it. just short put it on twitter yeah. and started doing that and yeah. uh kind of trying to practice it and then uh there was there's this nbc late night writers workshop right um which is a diversity initiative so for you know various ethnicities and women sure. and lgbt and all sorts of you know people who maybe are underrepresented in writers' rooms, especially in the late night world. Uh, I submitted a packet for that and uh, it was, again, not very good. It was at the start of me submitting packets. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to work really hard on this for the next two months uh, because their submissions were October and then again in January. So I was like, all right, January, I'm going to have a good packet. And then I I ended up getting it. And that uh, also was a great opportunity to sharpen skills I don't know if it opened doors, but it definitely was a, uh, I feel like all these things, they're they're validating and they really right. help you know you're on the right path. Yeah. And probably just force you to put out the work. Exactly. And, 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 and look really good too, and, you yes, know, when you and, apply and stuff. And make, so. make uh, a lot of really good relationships. Exactly. I would yeah, say pretty much. Which is much, so important. Yeah. Everything, uh, there have been very few things I've done that have directly led to a job, but they've led to relationships that are really valuable yeah yeah um so so then you get at midnight yes i i spent like a year or maybe more at this point are you still in new york yes yes so i was still just submitting for packets so my first the first show i got uh because i i got close on a couple shows but uh it's really tough to get your first job no one wants to be the first person to let you into a tv show (laughs) yeah because i mean you know it's high pressure high stakes you know um yeah, 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 it's a big they, gamble they're, they're to give someone money. their yeah, first yeah, job. Yeah. So I, yeah, I got close and had a couple interviews with some big shows and never ended up quite clinching it. Even though I thought, I think the interviews went well. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think I like, I didn't like be like, ah, you suck, you know. Yeah. You didn't bomb any <laughs> No, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe I just smell bad and I they're think like, I oh can... no, she's ready. She just, oof. <laughs> I think I could speak for a lot of people. I think generally... You don't have to bomb an interview to not get a job. Yeah, right. I think there are a lot of reasons behind the scenes. You know. But uh, so I kept not getting things. And uh, so I kind of told my agents, like, hey, I will submit for anything. Like, yeah. any award show, any, like, any non-main network, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything I will do. Um, and so... I submitted a packet for a new game show network show. They wanted to do sort of an at midnight knockoff. And I ended up getting that because it just makes sense that, you know, when you're, when the pool of packets is maybe 70 instead of 700, you know, you, you have such a better shot. Yeah. And a fresher show, like a fresher show for a fresher face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something that maybe, uh, because so many shows, I mean, you can't blame them. They hire people they already know because it's like, why take a risk when you have someone you know you can depend on? Uh But so if it's a new show, often it's nice because they'll, they'll, everyone's a risk for the most part, unless you actually know the showrunner. But so, so I got that and then um, that was a really good introduction to the world. 
And then after that, um, I ended up getting at midnight. And it just, once you kind of get that first job again, it's like you suddenly, you are more of a known entity. And also just you meet people. Someone I met on that show ended up being someone at at midnight. And so it, you know, it helps to make sure your packet gets read. Yeah. Um, So now let's talk about Mad TV. Yeah. How did that come about? What was the casting process like? I mean, it's so... it's so funny because it's been off the year, uh, uh, the air for what, like six or seven years? Yeah, a while. I forget when it ended. I think, I think two, maybe 2007 or 8, 2008. Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, around So it's around been there. off the, and they they revamped it. So yes. what, tell, tell us, how, how did that come about and that kind of thing? So, I mean, I I love At Midnight. I'm, I'm writing there again right now. So I was not looking for a new job at all. But uh, uh, several of my friends were doing, you know, showcases for mad tv for casting and part of me was a little bummed that i wasn't doing it just because uh i do characters and impressions Mm -hmm. that's sort of my main thing beyond you know rather than stand up i do characters and impressions and so i i I, but i didn't really go push for it um but then my manager was like hey they're looking at a couple more tapes do you want to submit i was like yeah sure why not yeah so they they submitted a tape i think they submitted a tape I'd had from a couple of years before, you know, an SNL tape or something yeah. that just I had. And uh, it ended up being, they're like, great, they want to see you tomorrow. Oh my like, gosh. do you have a five minute set? And I was like, absolutely. So I just, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I reused, you know, some of the, some of my favorite pieces and just cut them down. And um, I went on my lunch break and luckily it was walking distance from at midnight. So I just went, great. auditioned, Went back to work as if nothing ever happened. And I didn't, I mean, with packets and auditions in general, you just kind of have to assume you're never going to hear anything, mm-hmm. you know, because most times you don't. But uh, it, yeah, it ended up, I got a call back. So I went back, you know, a week or so later and they wanted me to do the same set and also uh, a couple scenes. And then they had a mix and match, then another callback where then they had a, a bunch of people to like mix and match and try chemistry sure. because they were assembling an entire ensemble instead yeah. of just, you know, filling a hole like For SNL sure. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, the casting director, Julie Ashton, is really talented uh, for being able to see so many people and then be able to do all of that mix and match just because there were yeah. so many people in the process who would be so right for it. I don't know how she ended up deciding, you know, who yeah. the final eight were. But yeah, so after a couple rounds of that, and there ended up being a couple long sessions toward the end, which were like three-hour auditions where you wow. just had to block off, you know, three, four hours to be there. Um, and then Sounds like a cra- crazy yeah, it intense was, process. It was very tough, especially um, most of it ended up aligning with my work schedule so that you know, I, I have a uh, shorter day on Friday. So, you know, that kind of helped yeah. me. Uh, but there there was one time toward the end where I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't. I'm going to be dead. After yeah, this. I'm going to be dead. I'm going to get fired <laughs> at my real job or I'm going to, you know, be late to yeah. my audition. Um, but it ended up working out. And we they asked nine of us to go to network to test. And then they ended up casting, you know, eight of us and made a couple changes. Yeah. And, it was such a such a fun process. I uh, grew up 
loving sketch comedy. I was always more of an SNL girl, sure, but I liked sure. Mad TV too. I would kind of watch both. Yeah. And same, like flip back and forth. Exactly. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad TV started, I think at 11. And yeah, it was SNL, on a little before, right? Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, at yeah. 11.30. So I'd usually watch the first half hour sure, of Mad yeah. TV and then switch over to SNL. Same exact, yep. <laughs> yeah. And so it was... Uh, it was just very, very cool just because some of the people who were my favorites, like Will Sasso, came back. Yeah. Um, and Which is so uh, great that they, I mean, yeah. do you know, as far as the vision set out from the beginning of the um, the new Mad TV, do you know if that was a, a plan all along or something that kind of came later? What Or uh, was that ever talked about sort of yeah, to you guys? So, so there were a couple things. So one, so originally... Um, you know, the, our executive producer, David Saltzman, who, like, created Mad TV and it's his baby, he kind of always feels like Mad TV is never not relevant just because it's like SNL. You know, it's like there's always things to make fun of. There's mm-hmm. always pop culture yeah. to comment to comment on. Um, but uh, it was kind of not clear. It's like there were already so many sketch shows. Is there a market for this? And then they ended up doing a Mad or CW did a 20th anniversary Mad TV special. Okay. And that was, you know, got a ton of viewers, a oh, ton of high yeah. ratings where they brought back the original cast. And so then the kind of conversation was that was so successful. What do we do? How to can keep we this incorporate going? the. Yeah. Yeah. And especially CW is in a really cool space right now where like they have whose line is it anyway they have a bunch of really great yeah. comedies like crazy ex-girlfriends speaking sure. of rachel bloom yeah. and uh you know jane the virgin um they've, they've got a lot of really great stuff so i think they're trying to find ways to bolster those yeah. offerings and- well i think from a viewer's perspective too it's like to have those people that you know and the characters that you love come back a little bit. Yeah. It, it's a great way to gain an audience for, exactly. you know, for kind of newcomer, a newcomer cast too. Yeah. And it, I love like, I love that they also, you know, you had the throwbacks and would actually play old favorite sketches in the yeah. show a little bit. Yeah. So, so it ended up, um, it ended up kind of being uh, sort of a mix between like a reunion thing, um, you know, a best of, mm-hmm. and then also a new class. And so I think, it's sort of it was a different tone than the original just because of a lot of things because of that because it kind of did it was rooted in this sort of nostalgia of like okay remember the past now we're gonna try to bridge yeah. to the future and then also just the fact that it was it was on an, a younger network sure. at an earlier time slot on a weeknight uh the goal i think was a little bit more um uh, young relevant pop culture uh but maybe not not quite as in your face as the original had been. I mean, sure. that said, some, some you know, edgy characters. I mean, people, Miss Swan yeah. is someone who <laughs> I love, but I understand that a lot of people have problems with that. Sure, sure, sure. I think that's fair. I think it is both problematic <laughs> and really, really funny. Yeah, um, and of, and kind of, and it's a, of a different time. For yes. Sure. But so. so, so there are things like that that we can bring back the original, but we maybe can't do as much of those characters mm-hmm. now um we can't necessarily create that so yeah. it, you know times change a little bit that said there's still tons of comedy t- to be had it's just sort of a different vibe and i think uh the first season i mean we did eight episodes i think we were starting to figure out what that voice and what that yeah. line was toward the end um so i mean we'll see i would love for there to be more episodes so we can kind of get get into the groove a little bit more because sure. i think there were times, especially at the beginning, where we were 
trying to figure out what we were what we could be and do. Yeah, and probably the network is testing the waters of what what it, what this exactly. can turn into, you know, if not necessarily the old cast is involved or that kind of thing. Perhaps. Right, exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, testing out like and just also seeing what audiences respond to, exactly. you know, yeah, do yeah. they is is all they want the old people or are they really excited about the new characters and mm-hmm. are they excited about you know, or we we experimented doing more political stuff this sure. season, and you know, some people loved it, some people hated it, but it's kind of an interesting thing to try. Yeah, to try. It was sort of an experiment. What was your favorite character you played, or your favorite? Uh... Oh, my favorite, my favorite thing. I have an Amish stripper character, which I've yes, been. I want, yeah. Oh, thanks. I I <laughs> love it, and it's it's personally just. Uh, and her name is what? It's Ruth Yoder, but, but her, her erotic name, name is Mary. Yoder. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's yeah, too, I that's mean. too risky. <laughs> I actually, I kind of grew up in Amish country in oh, Michigan. Really? Uh, yes, so that uh, one Ohio. spoke to me. Yeah, yep. exactly. So yeah, absolutely <laughs> amazing. So I guess my other question is, as far as cast and writing goes, yeah, was was there a lot of crossover, or was there? It was. So it was it was definitely more separate okay. than I think uh I would have thought. Um that said, uh everyone, you know, the writers were great. Um a ton of the writers were people from the original Mad TV who would come back. Mm-hmm. Um and so so funny and so collaborative that you know we could pitch ideas like the Pam thing, you know, pitching it and then kind of letting them run with it. Mm-hmm. Um it was sort of a guild thing that, like, oh, we yeah. can't really write stuff or else it would be, uh, they would have to, you know, credit yeah, and do all that yeah. as writers. Um, but, yeah, it was, so it was kind of we would come in with ideas of That's what we great, wanted though. and then they could do that. I mean, that said, you know, so we did come in with some of our own stuff that we had auditioned with. Like, right, characters you know, you Like, Ruth Yoder, yeah, like, that, you yeah. know, I came in with that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I think that... It's sort of interesting to look at the old stuff and look at the new stuff, um, just because I think, uh, I don't know, the landscape of comedy has changed a little bit, mm-hmm. in that I think there is less, there's either, like, super random, like, Tim and Eric type stuff that's, like, intentionally, or yeah. Adult Swim does a lot of that, which is really funny, but, like, really so absurd. There. Yeah, yeah. Or it's really fun, insightful, you know, kind of... Yeah. Things kind of more like Key and Peele and Inside Amy Schumer and SNL. And I feel like we were kind of in this zone that, you know, Mad TV and Living Color, a lot of those shows kind of were in for a long time of just like kind of wacky. Wacky, yeah. Um, yeah. And sense. so I don't know. It, it's sort of an interesting thing where there were a lot of people who were like, yeah, this is it. And then a lot of people who were like, I, w- this is dumb. It's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So well, now you're back at At Midnight, right? Yes. Writing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else exciting going on? Or you've got to get, oh. because you had to leave for a little bit, you're like back focused. Yeah. I mean, well, At Midnight recently has been really uh, busy. Just We just did a live election show. Oh. Um, and it was our first live episode wow, ever. Wow, that's, yeah, a lot to take on. Yeah. So we, we did a ton of planning and it was really tough just because we had basically structured the whole show with the assumption that Hillary was going to win just because everything we, you know, right. we trusted 538 Polls and everything. So we're and, like... And I think most people did. Yes, yes. Yeah. Certainly in LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe less so in the rest of the country. But uh, 
Yeah, we were, so we really had planned everything for that night around that premise. And so, you know, we had three pre-taped bits. We had to throw them all out. We couldn't use them because it was just none of, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the jokes don't work right. if the results are different. Um, so crazy. So it was, it was a really nice moment in the way it came together and that like that night, uh, for me at least, was not a great night uh politically yeah um, i feel yeah i feel yeah. i was i think probably most of uh my the listeners the listeners yeah i mean would, would, uh, <laughs> a lot of my agree. friends and family in ohio uh went the other way sure, um, same, i yep. don't agree yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so it was a hard night for me and and the panelists we had on um i was writing with uh or working with paul f tompkins uh who was on the show mm-hmm. and you know so he funny. was yeah, he is such a pro um, and just so, so funny on the spot and can make up such incredible jokes. But like, you know, it would be the type of thing where, you know, you could just see him getting stressed and watching the TV as the state yeah. started coming in and, you know, Whitney Cummings, you know, kind of being like, oh, my God. You know, it was. Yeah, it's putting I, an extra stress on something that's already hyper stressful. Exactly. Anyway, it was, I think show. everyone kind of had gone in thinking like, oh, this will just be a fun party. And then. Yeah. And then it was a very different type of thing. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy we were still able to like pull it off, make the last minute changes we needed to make. Um, Chris, our host, did a flawless job being able to just execute it all. And well, you know, if there's someone who's able to uh, maintain positivity and yes. energy, it's him. You yes, know what I mean? Yeah, Chris Hardwick <laughs> is is the most energetic and quick thinking comic I've ever encountered. So I do want to play our game. Great. If Can't you don't wait. mind. Yes. So this is called Crash Pilots. And it is a game where I will read you three three log lines from, uh, from pi- failed television pilots. One is a real failed television show. The others are two that I wrote. So Crash Pilots. Here we go. You ready? Oh, I'm so ready. All right. <clears throat> Cop Rock. From Stephen... Bochco, the creator of Hill Street Blues, this 90s cop procedural was also a musical that centered around the, uh, an ensemble cast portraying the LAPD. A courtroom scene in the pilot episode had the jury break into gospel song, proclaiming their verdict uh, on the defendant. This show is guilty of getting 11 episodes on ABC before getting canceled. Mm. Cop rock. <clears throat> Next one, Dirty Business. This proposed 2014 Cinemax dramedy centered around Kat, an out-of-work porn actress who decides to switch gears and go behind the camera into the male-dominated field of porn production. Though Heather Graham was attached, they never got the concept fully erect, and it didn't get past development. So that's dirty business. And then the third one is Guy's Gal. In an attempt to ride the wave of Tootsie and Bosom Buddies, this 1985 sitcom starred Martin Mull as Guy, a woman's fashion designer who just can't find a job. He decides the only way to get his fashion seen and break into the biz is to dress up as Patrice, the hottest, trendiest woman in New York City. Audiences were tired of the shtick, and it aired for only three episodes on CBS. So we have Cop Rock, Dirty Business, or Guy's Gal. Okay, so, all right. 
I I don't think it I so I think it's number one and here's why number two I don't think that uh, I think I would have heard about that if there was like a female driven Showtime pilot about the porn industry I feel like everyone oh, would love it Cinemax Cinemax, Cinemax yeah, yeah, yeah. okay still, sure, sure, it, sure, yeah. it seems like that would be that would be a hit that sounds great okay especially with Heather and, Graham uh, yeah everyone loves Heather Graham and number three um I mean the eighties were uh, a crazy time and Tootsie was great. But again, I feel like I feel like that would have been a bigger deal, and I didn't hear about it. So I'm going to go with Cop Rock, especially because I feel like that would make sense why they would maybe give Gallivant a chance. Uh, I'm a oh, huge Gallivant yeah. fan. Interesting. Well, I have to tell you, you are correct. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. You're one of very few uh, uh, guests who's actually been right, which I. I, I love, I love it. Um, cool. Well, I knew, I knew that ABC had done some sort of musical stuff before Gallivant. Oh, I didn't know yeah. what, um, but I See, know I, they had tried a couple shows. I'd never heard of Cop Rock, and I was like, that seems like, especially having eleven episodes, that seems like something I I should have heard of or people yeah. have heard of. And my co-host Maya, uh, my girlfriend, who's not here today, yeah, she had never heard of it either. And I was like, that's what was so we- such a weird little thing in the early nineties. Yeah, I mean, I creator of Hill Street Blues. Boy, yeah, I haven't, I have never <laughs> seen it, but I just I want to see the eleven. There episodes. was some show that Hugh Jackman was on that was like a musical. Show. Oh, Viva Laughlin. Yes, I I just keep yeah. hearing about these musical shows, yeah. and I knew that there had been a bunch. Um, so that's I, why I was like, that I can see. Yeah, I didn't watch Viva Laughlin, but I did hear about it when it happened. I watched Smash. I watched uh, anything. With that was kind of I numbers. think the first one that like was on for longer than. That was, but even like that. Yeah, <laughs> same that with Gallivant was yeah, two true, seasons. True. Ugh, um, I love Gallivant. I haven't watched it. It's had two seasons, right? Or is it? It, it got canceled after two. Yeah, yeah. Got it um, okay. and the second one wasn't great, but boy, season one, what fun! Hard thing to do. Ugh. But Rachel, Bla- Rachel Bloom again, third show. Oh, She's oh my doing gosh, it. I love her show. Yeah, I love it. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on, you. talking about this is so you know, fun. yourself with <laughs> Now us. you know every fact about me ever. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Okay, there there we she go. is. Another one, Maya. We yeah, did it. That was great. Oh, thank you. And you too. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, so I prepared a surprise little game for you, as I mentioned before. Okay. All right. So this is, oh. I looked up what the terrible towel is. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I looked it up uh, and I, I do know what it is. So I've created a little game called Pilot Copilot's Screwy Loda Huey Correction Selection. Loda Huey. <laughs> Loda Huey. I feel like sometimes we do make mistakes, and so I feel the need to correct us. Um, so I'll give you four options, and you have to guess which one the actual what the actual terrible towel is. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So here we go with pilot, co-pilot, screwy, loda, hooey, correction selection. All right. What is the terrible towel? Is it a a water-resistant towel that instead of absorbing actually deflects liquids and is used to be an umbrella or a shawl substitute. B, a miniature beach towel given away as a promotional item for those seeing the original Jaws in its first weekend of release. 
C, a towel taken to games by football fans, which is meant to be waved high above the head to unleash terrible hurt upon the opposing team. Or D, a washable towel made of carbon felt, which absorbs terrible smells, advertised mainly to be stuffed in stinky shoes. All right. Disgusting. Oh, God. Can you imagine how, well, how terrible it would smell? I'm That's not the... going to go with that one, though. Okay, terrible towel. Which one is it? Is it the um, uh, water-resistant towel? Well, I know that she bought it for him, so I don't think it was the promo. Uh, oh, okay, the Jaws promo. I don't think a it's towel the Jaws promo. So to she seems to, to f- have gotten it for him for his birthday, so I don't think it's the football one. I, I'm going to go with number one. It was it's the water-resistant towel. Yeah, the, the water-resistant <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry, Maya. <gasps> the terrible towel was the brainchild of a former Steelers radio announcer, <gasps> created as a sales gimmick during the playoffs in 1975. It allegedly helped provide the magic touch when the Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Since then, the that. terrible towel has been a this. staple in the stadium and in the homes of all Steeler fans. There you go. Is That's that the Philadelphia? Terrible... Uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. They need a few towels <sighs> over there. God. <laughs> that makes now less sense to me. Now everything is more confusing. I agree. So I that agree. Didn't clear anything up? And it, it just muddied. I don't. It's so weird. Anyway. Okay. Uh, oh. But on that point, you can find all of our information on pilotcopilots.com or on Facebook. Plus, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. And we're on all that, we're pilot co-pilots with no hyphen. So Yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and tell us on social media which new pilots you'd like us to watch, just like uh, this week. Yeah, that was fun. Um, pilot Co-Pilots is produced by Van Watkins and Maya Boudreaux with music by Chris Ryan. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> <laughs>